Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose, and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill their promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had men and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer. Because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard I'm Ryan Gable, 
and you are listening to the Secret Teachings radio broadcast right here on the Fringe FM. The network website is thefringe.fm. Our website, www.thesecretteachings.info. If you'd like to contact us, the email is rdgable at yahoo.com. That's r-d-g-a-b-l-e at yahoo.com. Or find us on social media at facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. Facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. George Orwell once wrote that there are men, perhaps women, that are at work right now at the moment on eliminating pleasure, all of the pleasures of life, but in particular, sexual pleasure. And not just sexual pleasure, but procreation entirely. And of course, George Orwell's mentor, Aldous Huxley, whose brother, Julian Huxley, ran part of the global eugenics movement. Aldous Huxley wrote a famous book, A Brave New World, where he talked about children, babies being born and raised in laboratories, with certain classes of people being grown like children, kind of like in the Matrix, big fields, humans are grown, turned into babies, children that would be consumed by the machines, except in Huxley's world, these kids would be consumed by the hierarchical structure that would breed children for certain types of jobs in life. An authoritarian, totalitarian, whatever you want to apply to it as a term, system of complete and absolute control right down to impregnation and the birth of a new life. And of course, we've seen in the last couple of years in the United States, an increase in what some people knowingly and are fully aware of refer to as cultural Marxism, which is at its core class warfare, classes that might include race or gender, gender warfare, both between men and women and also gender confusion. We saw that the head of Tavistock somewhat recently also resigned because he said they were attempting to brainwash children into converting genders, and not just soft gender therapy, psychologically speaking, but medical gender therapy, chemicals, and then ultimately surgeries. This can all be traced back to the mid-1920s in the Weimar Republic of Germany, the Sexual Institute, and the word transvestite is also German. It came from that time period in which Men had their genitals literally cut off, and they were turned into women. This was all part of the agenda to demoralize and destabilize and confuse not just the whole of society, but the very core of what keeps a society or a culture together, and that is what some might refer to as a familial structure. But at the core of a familiar structure, the idea of marriage or the idea of God is just moral preservation. Two people can love each other, get together, fine, have a family, and never get married, never have a legal contract. This was the old day, the old way of doing things, because it would allow people to reevaluate split-second decisions. You'd be obligated to the other person with a contract, and you couldn't just leave. There was property involved. There were other things involved. Everybody played their part. But when you remove that idea, and you remove the basic understanding that 
formulates the idea of marriage, then you end up with chaos, destruction, and confusion. Just like you don't have to be Christian to recognize if you remove God, whether that's from schools or any kind of public discussion, if you remove God, you're not removing God. You're removing morality. And if you remove the idea, at least, that you have a right to guns or to bear arms. You don't have a right to have guns. You have a right to defend yourself. And you eliminate the right to own a gun. You eliminate the right to self-defense. These are issues that are a little more complex than what we initially think on the surface. And perhaps we see each other like that, men and women, boys and girls, and the unification of the sexes. You think about something like alchemy, perhaps, marriage, unification, a wedding, like Wednesday. Wednesday is wedding the other three days on the back and the front side of the week together. We are wedding two together to become one. We're going to talk about that and a lot more tonight on The Secret Teachings. I'm not entirely sure where the conversation is going to go, but what I do know is that from Lighting the Void, my good friend Joe Roop is with us in studio. He's in studio right here beside me, aren't you, Joe? Yes, I am. I'm right here standing right beside you. It is kind of crazy for sure, but it's cool. It's very cool. I haven't had somebody in studio, maybe one person in like five years, so it's very strange. It is. You know what's even stranger? It's like we got really, we got two cool studios on two separate floors. Like We do. We're turning this whole house into a radio station. It's turning into a compound for sure. Yeah, it is, it is a compound. That, that, that sounds like a bad word, though. Like we're going to yeah, start care. a cult. <laughs> <laughs> it's, all, it's all good with me. Well, you know what happens to cults, right? Like They drink Kool-Aid? Well... Or we find a place where everybody's really sovereign and really happy and we work together as a community and then we become a threat and then somebody in the community starts a rumor, then they open up investigations and then we have like the SWAT team swarming us. Yeah, that happens. Or you get a SWAT team if you have a sniffle. They're doing that in New York. <laughs> yeah, for sure. First state, they're hiring people to go snitch on people. That's great. New York, right? Yep. How much is that? 60 k 57000 $57,000. To go snitch on people. Well, check this out. CNN last night just reported, and there's a BBC article of a similar nature from August. The BBC reported back in August, sex and coronavirus, how to have it safely. Hmm. CNN reported in their health section last night, wear a mask while having sex and avoid kissing new people, Canada's top doctor advises. This is interesting because, although it's asinine, Dr. Faust, or Dr. Strangeglove, at the beginning of all of this, Joe, said that it's totally acceptable to meet people on Tinder and go have sex with them as long as they don't have symptoms. Now we're being told, eliminate the orgasm entirely. At least that's what I see. What do you think about all this? I think, I think it's a subtle way of virtue signaling while trying to justify separation and natural law. They're di- this is all a, a war on our sovereignty and natural law, period. You know, like you can't. I mean, I personally don't like just want to go out and kiss and do all this stuff with everybody. Like, I have a different viewpoint. And so, a lot, everybody has their own viewpoints on that. But you can't tell them when they become intimate how to do it. It's, that takes away the whole process. Well, let's see what they're telling you to do. This is the Terrence Higgins Trust publishing advice suggesting people avoid kissing, wear a face covering, and choose positions that aren't face to face during sex. So, I guess they want you to do doggy style the whole doggy way. Doggy style the whole way. Yeah. 
And this is meant to, quote, balance our need for sex and intimacy with the risks of the spread of COVID-19. What this is is incrementalism. If you can even convince a minor number of people that they should wear a face mask during sex, that they should not kiss new partners, that they could choose positions that are different during sex so they don't don't look at each other, not only are you getting rid of intimacy as opposed to preserving it, but you're setting the precedent for a time in which George Orwell will be right and Huxley will be right. There will be no procreation at all with men and women because they'll say it's too dangerous. Yeah, they're they're trying to traumatize you. They're trying to train you to become slaves and trust me, I've experienced this in my life. They want everybody to be submissive to yeah. what they think. Yeah. And that's it. Like your natural law goes out the window. You, we become robots and that's all there is. Yeah. Let me adjust your mic a little bit, Joe. All right. Give me a, give me a test. I'm good. I'm, I don't know. You, there, there you go. That's a little bit better. That's a little bit better. We can always adjust it later, you know, like level it out. Yeah, we can always level it out a little bit. That's what we do. We're professionals. <laughs> yeah. We got dirty boards sometimes. We do have dirty boards. Well, you know, guys that do a lot of work, they have dirty hands. That's damn right. That's, that's usually what happens. But yeah, but to me, it's like that's exactly what's happening. It's a na- it's a war on natural law. I can't tell you what this is if it's like the devil or if it's demons, but I can tell you there's definitely something that's trying to separate us, take our sovereignty away, and then push us slowly away of natural law by these like virtue signaling and all this other stuff that's just insane and. You have to be able to take a step back and really look at it before you just react. And that's what they're also training us to do is be reactive. Train, you know, we were riding down the road the other day. Remember playing basketball? They get a sign up that says, put your masks on. Just two, three little phrases. Wear a mask. Care, you know. Yeah. And it's crazy. Those mask signs are, were a little bit different when this first thing started. When this first started here in New York, they had signs that said, please wear a mask. Now, incrementally, it's wear a mask. They took away the police. So this is becoming more and more sadistic and more and more masochistic, which is kind of why I labeled a show back in um, July of this year, 2020. I called it Cultural BDSM. A lot of people liked that name. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I called it Fear and Loathing of American Mask-a-kists. Because to me, it's not just symbolic. It, it, people literally are getting off shaming others, shaming themselves, and they're groveling to authority I don't care what you think about masks. They certainly play the part of some kind of cultural BDSM component. What do you think about that? Yeah, that's, a, that's all it is. It's, a, it's um, I mean, I've been a part of that community once in my life, actually. BDSM? Yeah, so it's like, that's exactly what it is. It's, it's shaming them so that they feel, they f- it makes them feel safe. So here's the idea, right? Like, if you don't have to make decisions for yourself, you have daddy telling you what to do, you feel safe. You you don't feel scared. You don't feel anxiety. You're certain about things the way they are. Because dad'll dad'll take care of it. Right. Regardless if it's a prison, at least you know this is the way things are. That's what they want. They want to separate the natural law, like the family thing you you talk about. But they, and they also want to separate the chemical marriage inside ourselves and with other people. And then they want to separate our freedoms. It's it's a weird. You wouldn't think they have the brains for it. I don't necessarily know it's the guys and the people doing it, but it's whatever. There's something dark behind it for sure. Well, it has a demonic energy regardless of what you call it. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, actually, I think it was in Portland. You, myself, Jeremy, Scott, uh, Clyde Lewis, uh, we were sitting there doing the fringe, what was it called, the Battle Royale? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we were talking towards the end of it about, I think, I think we got into demons, and I brought up an example about 
you show kids like these cartoon like images of different feelings, emotions like anger, or hatred and, or smiling and happiness. And that each face has a different kind of look to it, right? And that's how we experience emotions. Well, demons are kind of like that. Demons are dif- different expressions, right. right, of energies. And I think that's why, tell me what you think, that's why when you look at somebody like Henry Kissinger or David Rockefeller, you look at these guys and they look like they opened up the Ark of the Covenant and their face is melting. <laughs> they, 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 they literally look evil. But when you look at like a woman when she's... When she's pregnant and she's glowing, mm. that's life. Right. It's not death and destruction. Light like life, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So you, you, I think everybody can see that, but you don't necessarily notice it until somebody points it out. That's right. Yeah. We don't, and we're not protecting those things in, there, there are so many like sacred things in our lives that are very special that have been given us to by the creator, whatever you want to call it. We've all experienced them. Okay. And when you're, when your child's being born, which both of us have experienced, it's really like the first time you see uh, not only light and life and how beautiful it is, but like the feminine also coming into its massive power, right? And it's overwhelming. It was so overwhelming to me when my son was born. That's a very sacred thing, right? Now, if they take something sacred and they'd say, well, we're going to do it in a laboratory or we're going to do this or that, then we have lost all connection to our souls and divinity. I think I think that was one of the arguments I made in my technological elixir book. I think that's what all technology ultimately leads to. I'm not saying, you know, spoons and forks are technology, but the digital technologies and computers and AI and all of this, it ultimately leads to not a saving of the soul. It leads to an expulsion of the soul from the body. And it prevents us from connecting with source or spirit, whatever, you know, you choose to call it. I mean, it's kind of like there's a line in that movie that was... um, I think it was Scarlett Johansson. It was, uh, it was a remake, and it had the I don't know about anime, but it was Ghost in the Machine or Ghost yeah. in the Shell, Ghost in Ghost in the Shell, I think something like that. And the line in the movie was, "They didn't save you; they stole your soul. They didn't save your soul; they stole your soul." Right. That's what it really feels like, and it becomes increasingly more so, especially when you don't have to look at technology; you just look at these social guidelines that have been suggested to the public. I mean, I don't know how anybody, I hope there aren't people that literally take this this, this recommendation and, and tell their partners, you need to wear a mask if we're going to be intimate. Yeah, that's not, I'm just going to tell them to kiss my ass. I'm, not, I'm sorry, excuse my French, but you're not taking the most special thing in my life, which literally is to me, intimate love, and tell me I'm not going to be able to do it. I will fight you to the death for yeah. it. And you don't have to apologize to me because when I curse, I have to apologize to you. <laughs> right. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, well, you know what I mean? Like that yeah. to me is something worth protecting. It's absolutely worth protecting. But see, ultimately, everything, if you if you value something, it doesn't matter how small it is, it's all worth protecting because if you allow the incremental tiptoe approach, then you'll lose everything before you realize realize you've lost anything. Mm-hmm. And it's very, very unfortunate because a lot of people feel I know, I've talked to people, maybe this isn't the majority, but a lot of people feel as if they're doing the right thing. And that is perhaps more often how evil is able to take control. You feel like you're doing the right thing, but you don't question what you're doing. And if you don't question it, you don't realize maybe this isn't the right thing. Maybe this is this is wrong. You know, just like the CDC announcing this week, 6% of people that have died of coronavirus only 6% died of coronavirus, as they say. 94%, the rest of them died of two or three other, 2.5 on average, other diseases. That's a tremendous number. You know what that is, though, right? Deception, lying, fraud. 
but it's also part of the BDSM thing. It is also part of the BDSM thing. Can you explain that? Well, what they do is they, they, they program you to be in this world, right? And then once you accept the world and they take the world back, it's a twisted thing. They say, okay, you know, like that wasn't reality, but I know where you're comforted now. So they've programmed you to want daddy now. You see what I'm saying? I see exactly so what you're now, saying. Now yes. it doesn't matter what the real facts are. They need daddy back. No, please tell me to wear a mask. I don't care what the statistics say. I'm comfortable now. So that's why you can show somebody, like I can take this paper I have, I can hand it to somebody, they can read it, and the response is you either made that up, you Photoshopped that that's not right, I'm still going to do it. You're a conspiracy nut. Now, where'd you get that Photoshop? Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Here's, right. A, here's an interesting statistic for you. Let me read this to you. The National Intimate Partner and Sexual Violence Survey, this is from 2010, published in 2011, and they have to you know, take a number of years to put all the data together. And I have another one here from the FBI from 2017 from the UCR program, the Uniform Crime Reporting Program. The one from, let's go with the FBI first, shows that a hate crime, which I don't believe in hate crime, I believe in crime, and you can break it down as per why that crime was committed, but the FBI says crimes of gender bias, crimes of gender bias, male and female. So there are 54 victims of hate crime every year in the United States, according to data, according to statistics. When I read this, people think Ryan's very robotic. He likes data and statistics. I do because it gives me a guideline for where I'm going, but I'm not married to the data. Uh, I'm polyamorous when it comes to data. Gender bias, 54 victims of hate crime a year in 2017. 28 and 26, that's how it's broken down, between male and female. 28 of the 54 crimes were categorized as anti-female. So that sounds like, you know, 28 guys attacked 28 women, and uh, it was, it was uh, violent, right? Gender bias, hatred. However, 26 of the 54 were women attacking men, anti-male, gender bias. That's a pretty high number, wouldn't you say? Yeah. You wouldn't hear about that on the news or in television shows or in popular, popular music or really anywhere. Mm. You always get this idea that men are abusive towards women. Now, this statistic here from the National Intimate Partner and Sexual Violence Survey, this has me stunned so much that I've had to read this on air two or three times. Anytime I've done a show like this, I've had to read it on air two or three times to really reinforce how important this is. This isn't a contest. I know women like to make it a contest. It's not a contest. I've, I've even had a friend of mine who's a lady come on the show, and she agreed with me because she saw the data for herself. Violence by an intimate partner. If I hadn't showed you this, Joe, I would ask you to guess. But here's what it says. More than one in three women, 35.6%, more than one in three women in the United States have experienced rape, physical violence, and or stalking by an intimate partner in their lifetime. Now, I'd like to ask the audience of the same subject, how many men have experienced this in the United States? Me. You experienced that, Joe? I experienced it. Absolutely. On different levels. The number, though, you remember the number? Uh, how many men? You want to read that? This one, let's see. This right here? Yeah, how many men have experienced the same thing that women experience and the same thing we're told essentially women only experience? So it's more than one in four men, 28.5% in the United States, have experienced rape, physical violence, and are stalking by an intimate partner that, in their lifetime. That is, in my opinion, that's a tremendously high number, is it not? Yeah. I mean, that is a, uh, a number that kind of re makes you rethink what domestic violence is because we typically think it's just like some guy in a wife beater 
hitting his wife because she didn't, you know, dinner's not hot enough, mm, right? Yeah, yeah, well, I've had that happen too, man, actually. Dinner wasn't hot enough and well, you beat your wife? No, no, no. It's like there, there's a program running, like you're saying, right? So, yeah. So, uh, you know, my ex-wife had severe postpartum uh, depression, whatever you call that, right? And I'm doing everything I can to heal it. And she kind of had a, a moment, wigged out, and started, like, punching me, right? And so I was trying to calm her down. I'm like, calm down, sweetie. Like, something's wrong, you know? I had to embrace her a little bit because she was going crazy. But I didn't punch her or whatever. And uh, she called the cops. Actually, I'm sorry. I called the cops. She didn't call the cops. I called the cops. And you know what happened when I, I got bet out they, there? I bet they arrested you. Oh, man, they, are, they came out there. And as soon as they came out there, I put my hands up. I was like, I'm the one that called you. Okay, the reason why I got afraid is because she had my son in her arms while she was doing all this. I literally had to get my son away from her. You know, was she was was she using him as a shield? No, she just okay. She just lost it, man. You know, Uh, she was a very, very she still is a very sweet woman. She just had been in this lull for so long, this depression that I was trying to explain to her. We got to get sunlight. We got to get you out of the house, you know, Uh, and that. Something snapped on in, just something snapped. And of course, I can tell you the rest of the story when we come back, but you know what happened. Yeah, I think I have an idea of what happened. Some listeners might as well. And that's the thing you have this perception. A lot of people, I talk to women about these types of data points and they, they try to make it a contest. Well, 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 men do this. Okay, well, last night on the show, I said that the only way, unless you're educated and moral, the only way that you're going to stop the extreme left is with the extreme right. And I don't want the extreme left to win, and I don't want the extreme white right to win. I don't subscribe to either. And when it comes down to domestic violence or gender bias or whatever you want to call it, I, I don't think that men or women are evil, uh, more evil or less evil than the other side. It's not about picking sides. Right. It's just information, and then we'll go with it from there, and we'll see what happens next. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Joe Roop from next door, kind of above us next door here in studio, lighting the void. This is The Secret Teachings. We'll be back. This is The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings or our website, thesecretteachings.info. If you'd like to hear more of The Secret Teachings, if you missed a show or part of a show, sign up to the ever-expanding archive at thesecretteachings.info. When you subscribe for a month or year, you get access to the full show archive to every show after it airs. You can download and stream unlimited episodes and share your login with friends or family. With your subscription, you can also get access on the website to all of Ryan's digital books and the ever-growing montage archive. Just visit thesecretteachings.info and click on the Donate Subscribe tab at the top of the page. Use the secure PayPal link and start your membership today. By subscribing, you support The Secret Teachings, The Fringe FM, Ryan, and yourself. Hi, I'm Alex Exum, and you're listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. 
The Secret Teachings t-shirts are now available through TeePublic and the show website at thesecretteachings.info. Whatever your color or size, check out the full selection on our website. Shirt designs include the Secret Teachings logo, our Occult Arcana shirt, the infamous Mothman, and of course the Blue Chicken Avian shirts, among others like the Paranormal Desert shirt. Check them out on Tee Public by searching for The Secret Teachings or simply visit thesecretteachings.info and select the merchandise option at the top of the page. So you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on 24-7 with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports the secret teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you. The truth is out there. There's something out here. And so are we. KTOK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. I'm Ryan Gable, host of The Secret Teachings, and you are listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings. Gentlemen, thank you so much for the great work that you guys are doing. Uh, phenomenal show, for phenomenal interview, phenomenal questions. And uh, I'd be willing to come back at any time and uh, explore other topics for discussion. So thank you for having me on today. Hi, everyone. This is Mark Passio from WhatOnEarthIsHappening.com. And you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. This is John B. Wells of Caravan to Midnight which you can find at caravantomidnight.com. And you're listening to The Secret Teachings.
I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings on The Fringe FM. If you'd like to contact the show, rdgable at yahoo.com. That's r-d-g-a-b-l-e at yahoo.com. Joe Roop, my good friend, co-hosting with us tonight on The Secret Teachings from Lighting the Void, our neighbor show on The Fringe FM, and my neighbor also in The Fringe FM slash Secret Teachings studio. Isn't that right, Joe? Yeah, man. It's a, we're going to turn this whole place into the Fringe FM. Like the, all, yeah, you know, it's so funny. All the rooms out here are emptying towards just like me and Ryan and a couple of people. It is, it is kind of weird, isn't it? Yeah, so we got to get, you know, like we got to get more. We got to get some more hosts up here. Whatever. Come on. And, and you need to absolutely get women because if it's just men, then what happens? Then it's a sexist station, <laughs> yeah. right? <laughs> Whatever. You, you don't want a sexist station. What were you telling us about your... Your experience. Oh with yeah, so when the, like so when the police came out, uh, they grabbed me. Did you hit her? Did you hit her? I was like, wait, whoa! I called you. And the cool thing about my ex, because she's so cool, actually, is she immediately. I could, you know, she loves me, right? So immediately, like when they put their hands on me, she went and said, "I no." She's like, "It's me. I did it." Immediately. Well, you're lucky. So maybe I'm like not. It, it definitely was like society and the programs and the police and everything that you could see that you talk about. But if it wasn't for us sticking together and actually caring about each other, we would have been victim to it. That's what really matters, right? Yeah. And that's what, I mean, even though you were in a bad situation, at least she stuck that's up right. for you, right? Yeah, yeah, because we were family. We loved each other. And that place is supposed to be the one place. Uh, well, how about this? That person. It's supposed to be the one person you can go to no matter what's happening in the world that has your back. Even when you're you're mad at each other. That's the way I look at it. Because if you don't have that, then you truly are alone. Right? And we're not here to be alone. That's not why there's so many people on the earth because we're supposed to be alone. That's what they want you to believe. You're supposed to be alone, not sovereign. Locked down. Locked down and a robot. And submissive. 100%. That's the cultural BDSM again, right? Yep. That's it. So what do you think of my analysis when I started the show about how you don't necessarily need to have a contractual marriage to preserve the family. You just no. need moral guidance. No, in fact. Partnership. In fact, we did so much better with, with each other until we got married. That's, we got that's to, a common story. Yeah, until we got the contracts involved. The government, Saturn, business, you name it. And it's like, and then you're no longer free. You understand? It's like. Well, people want to be like claimed and stuff, and we can get into that energy in a minute or whatever, but it's like you're actually, once you take freedom away from love, it's not really love. It's not really partnership. What is it? It's slavery. Slavery? Yeah, it's entrapment. doesn't feel right, you know? At least not for me. Well, you know that we talked to Jordan Maxwell a couple times on this show, and it's kind of funny. We talked about marriage one time just out of absolutely nowhere. And Jordan started telling us, and we were we had a back and forth about marriage and how the idea of marriage is a contract. It's it's a business agreement, right? Your partner in business, and mm-hmm. then once you're in business, and you know, show me show me the goods, <laughs> yeah, right? right? Yeah. And, and and he goes through all this all this language. <laughs> I mean, it's not intentionally constructed that way. That's just where this this came from. Yeah. That's where the the ideas came from. The it's ideas the are language, actually. Yeah. Did you say the ideas are beautiful? Yeah, the ideas, the energy of marriage, the yeah. reality, the natural law of it is 100% real and 100% beautiful. It's what they've done to it. Well, whatever you call Jesus, didn't Jesus also teach that? Yeah, absolutely. 
And that's kind of the basis of, uh, well, spiritual alchemy, if you want to call it that. Yeah, there were times when he even, some verses where he even said he met this couple or whatever, and he said, I'll leave you to do what a man and woman does, right? And if you read like the Gnostic version of it, um, where he talks about Mary Magdalene, he chose Mary as his partner, but Mary was loved above all the other apostles, which is like a metaphor for the 12 signs and all this other stuff. But it's all about this chemical wedding that happens where the dominant energy chooses the feminine energy, but the, the powers are not like unequal. They're not like the reception is just as much as the trust as the other one. Yeah. I, I want to talk to you about that because something I noticed, I did a show called battle of the sexists and I was talking about feminists in particular, mm-hmm. which of course people will say, well, you're a man, so you can't talk. Yeah, we can. Okay. I can talk. <laughs> if, if you can talk about men, I can talk about women right. and vice versa. So, I was talking about feminists because I read, I was reading stuff online. There were some news articles and things like this about a lady who said on social media that she enjoys cooking for her husband and taking care of children. That's what she wanted and likes to do, right? But she still has a job and she still has hobbies and all this. And she was ripped apart by the feminist groups, which there aren't many of them, I don't think. They're not that powerful, but they sure have loud mouths, big mouths, big asses. And they're yelling, <laughs> you're yelling at this lady on social media. And I, not- and I noticed something. It was right there in that moment I-, I thought, okay, so what you're saying is taking care of children, cooking for your husband, and also having a job, none of that is powerful. None of that is empowering. None of that is important or significant. So you want the woman, in order for her to be, in, in your perception of the world, empowered to fulfill the role of the man? Isn't that kind of like saying that the man's position is more powerful, the woman's position is insignificant? Isn't that kind of, it kind of sounds patriarchal, doesn't it? Absolutely. It's, it's a double standard, and it's totally unbalanced, and it's not natural law, especially if that's what that woman really wants to do. Right. But then when the women say that, I want to take care of my family, then the feminists come back at them and say, well, you're just under the control of a man. And this isn't about trying to argue one way or another i'm trying to analyze this in an open conversation particularly with you joe and anybody listening if you have comments you can email us at rdgable at yahoo.com because to me what a lot of people say about men and women is the very thing that when they say those things they're trying to dismantle or prevent and that's patriarchy and men dominating women but there's also a natural order to men dominating women in certain ways and there's a natural order to women in terms of energy dominating men, is there not? Yes, absolutely. And that's necessary and, 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 and permanent within the structure of nature, I think. Uh, it absolutely is. The, the most powerful thing that you can do is understand, the, in my opinion, these hermetic laws. First, polarity. If you can't understand polarity, then you're not going to get anywhere first. Once you understand polarity... Like yin-yang. Yeah, well, more like positive-negative in a separate manner. You have okay. to understand that first, right? How that's in everything. But then we become resentful. There's a process, and initiation that goes through it. Then we become resentful about the polarity and everything. Yin-yang is the law of gender. It's really looking at two things that are seem to be opposites. And, in fact, the energies work differently. But together, they're, they're one thing and quite far more powerful than they are as separate things. Like chaos and order. That's right. And people I have talked to have said, how dare you? How dare you, Ryan, associate women with chaos well it's not a bad thing is it is chaos a bad thing no because women uh well i don't want to say women let's just say the feminine energy that does create beautiful things it'll take the force of the male energy which you need to create anything the force the female energy 
accepts it, creates it, forms it, all that other stuff. But it also destroys it, starts over again. The male energy, force, for, it's just like force, right? And then it resurrects and it does it again and again and again. The female energy, this feminine energy, that's what we define it as in Kabbalah, especially in magic. And, and men, stuff. Ha- men have it too. We all have both energies inside of us, yes. So what's the problem then? The problem is self-identification and letting others tell us who we are and how we shouldn't accept who we are. Now, I know the answer to this, but I have to ask for the audience who I think probably knows you very well. You're saying that you don't like trans people. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that, that trans people might possibly be, some of them, might possibly be traumatized in a way from uh, not being able to accept certain masculine or feminine energies in them. Okay, uh, maybe they were meant to be, you know, shamed for doing certain things, stuff like that. And and sometimes, you know what, I do accept them. Maybe they really, maybe they have more of, of this energy in them. Maybe it's like, say, a man that was born with a lot more feminine energy than it does, he does masculine, and he feels comfortable that way. I accept it. What I don't accept is the fact that uh, they're confusing or shaming people to do things so they accept themselves. Yeah. Or telling them how to think and act with the natural energies that are inside of them. And if it could not get any more diabolic, you have that being done to children in particular. Oh, yeah, that's, t- yes. Who, who don't even know what toy they want to play with yet, let alone their sexual identity or gender, and you have parents that are putting those children on hormone therapies. Oh, my God. And in some, and these are very, that's the thing. It kind of looks like reality, but it's also an extreme, extreme, extreme sect of reality. There aren't a lot of people that are doing that. You only see those people because they scream the loudest, they look the most bizarre, and they get all the media attention. And I'm not talking about trans people or any one kind of group. I'm just talking about those minor, teeny, tiny little groups that sound and look like they're much larger than they really are because they scream the loudest. And we can use the the trans community, if that's a community. I don't know why people need a community, but if they feel better, that's great. Trans community is 0.7% of the U.S. population. This is all I mean, 0.7% of the U.S. population. Black people make up 13% of the U.S. population. There are movements for black trans people. The, The black trans movement or community has to be like literally 35 people. The, the number is so small. So why do they call it a movement then? Well, that's part of my question. Why is it called a movement? Why is there so much attention? And how does, even if you include all, you, let's say it's 1%. It's 0.7, but let's say it's 1%. If, if 1% of the population has that much money, that much power, in order to influence media and politicians, there's, there's something else going on here. What, one group of people has that much power? No, it's because they're being used yeah. to advance an agenda. Exactly. Of, yeah, and it doesn't matter what though they might generally be, genuinely and genuine, genuinely be people that identify as something different, or as you explained, they have more female or more male energy. That could be natural. However, they are being used as tools to advance an agenda that is anti-gender, anti-family, and pro-confusion. So that you have people that are raised in an environment where they don't know who they are, what they are, or where they're going. And if they don't know who they are, what they are, where they're going, they're never going to build anything, complete anything, or be a part of anything except the cultural revolution. And they're going to use people along the way. And they're going to use people along the way. Okay. Well, that's okay if they can admit, if we can all admit to ourselves 
our own energies, be, accept ourselves. That's what you got to do first, accept who you are. And then stop letting people tell you who you are and what's important to you. It's just stop it, you know? Well, a classic example of that is if you were to read some of the stats that I read in the first segment, that one in four men experience rape, physical violence, etc. Hmm. It's one in three women. In reality, I think it's virtually equal because on average, men don't report those numbers as as at the same amount right. women do. Yeah. And in fact, a lot of women report false reports, so the numbers are pretty much equal. And the problem is that I've had, on radio not so much, I think our listeners understand where we're coming from. But when I've had conversations even with friends outside of radio, especially with women, it usually turns into like a contest. I know it, man. Or people accuse me of, oh, you must be one of those men's rights people. It's like, no, I'm just reading data points. I'm not in some ideological group. If it was balanced, if things were truly balanced and virtuous, we wouldn't have people like Ryan having to defend the masculine side of things or Jordan Peterson. Defense. Yeah, right. because that's all it is, is trying to put the balance back to natural law. So there's no reason to like swing it to the other side. You know, I had a discussion with somebody one night after a radio show about how I think like Men are like uh, dogs and women are like cats. Like a man knows what he wants. He goes, gets it, da 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 And women just kind of like they go, okay, I don't know. Or they'll go to the one person in the room that don't like cats or whatever. But the woman knows what it wants too. It just kind of does it the way it wants to do it, right? And it's more the, covert. Right. And, well, the person, it's more, it's different. It's a different energy, okay? And the person that takes the time to really accept the cat and make it safe that's then they go to that person you see and before i even explained myself that i'm a cat lover and a woman lover by the way uh i was like no someone's like oh you just hate women don't you you're a woman hater and i'm like whoa whoa where did that come from yeah yeah <laughs> like i'm trying to explain to you i see the difference in the energies and i think it's cool that's it what are these energies is it universal divine yeah, it's definitely, in my opinion, it's definitely divine, and it's 100% universal. It's in all of creation. Everything that is alive has this gender energy in it, has this male and female energy. When it's completely balanced, just like anything else, even in a battery, you know, acidic, yeah. alkaline, when it's completely balanced, the energy creates life and light and beautiful things. It gives us power. Well, it's no different in the body. When you have a body that is alkaline, that is within balance, isn't too acidic, you have health. Right. Or what people call health. You're not sick. Diseases don't exist in a body that is alkaline, where you have the proper nutrition, um, and also, of course, the proper state of mind. Proper, by using that word, I just simply mean something that's balanced. Mm, exactly. If you have that, you're not going to be sick mentally or physically, Generally speaking, although I understand that and know that, I have quite a bit of anxiety for a number of reasons that I'm aware of, and I'm always working, you know, in order to change that. But I think that's kind of part of the process of growth. Nobody's at a point of perfection where they don't need to do something to better themselves. Right. We're just recognizing things along the way and saying, hey, I learned this. Maybe this will help you. Maybe it won't. That's, right. what, that's what I do here on this show anyway. Yeah, and you do a great job. Because most people that when I talk to after they've listened to your show, they either go, they either feel really bad or they agree, right? Or they, and I'm like, well, why do you feel bad? When people agree with what you say, they're stoked. They can feel the intensity of it and how important it is what you're saying, which is what I love about your show, right? The intensity of it. And then some people feel bad. And I'm like, well, why do you feel bad? 
because they come to me because I'm the station owner, right? And then yeah. they come to me and I was like, well, why don't you talk to Ryan about it? And he'll discuss it with you. You shouldn't feel bad about it. He's just trying to get you to see a different side of something. And you, it's a very hard struggle to convince anybody of anything that cannot see two sides of every story or well, anything. Why don't they come to me? Because they are intimidated by the energy of it. And here's why. This is what I'm talking about. When you accept yourself, like Ryan and I have had discussions, you're always in a state of discovery of who you are. The more you discover who you are, the more you can manifest happiness into your life, the more you accept yourself. Ryan is an intense, dominant type of male, right? A very loving guy, and he cares a lot about people. But he's very intense, and he's very dominant. So if he is to accept his energy, he has a lot more dominant energy than he does you know, feminine energy, right? Um, to the point where you accept it to the point where mo that a lot of people don't. And it, the female energy, which is in men too and everybody, if they're not secure with themselves, then they become intimidated by someone that is. And no matter how much they're drawn to what you do, they're afraid because they don't accept themselves and they're not secure with themselves to say it, which is power that's what the government's doing to us it's, it's what that's the makes, cultural bdsm right it's what takes your power away you have to accept these energies in yourself first that's the first step that's right yeah you have to know they're there okay so let me ask you this do you know how many or what the percentage of how how many men and i'm just going to use this as an example how many men commit suicide every year do you have any idea what the number is? It's probably way more than women. I can tell you I hear a lot of stories about guys killing themselves over women. It's a lot more than women, substantially more than women. The number is, in the United States, 73% of suicides are men. That means white men, black men, Native American men, Asian men, I guess trans men, just men. However you classify men, 73% are men. The remainder are, of course, women. So that's a very, very high statistic. Hmm. Now, I only bring that up because much like workplace death, do you know how many, what the percentage of, Joe, for workplace death is men compared to women? Do you have any idea what the percentage is? I've got to think it's higher. It's, it's very high. It's very, very high. 93% of all workplace death, men. 7% women. So once again... People will say, well, men have privilege. Well, yeah, men do have certain privileges, but women also have certain privileges. Okay, so 93% of men, workplace deaths, 73% of men, suicide. Those don't seem like things that as a man you would be proud of. You don't have power over others if you're dying at work or no. to take care of your family, probably. you know, Or killing yourself because you can't take the pressure of it. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. And, of course, in the United States, I think the number is, I'd have to look this up to confirm it, y you could take a wild guess, the number of women's shelters, there are thousands of women's shelters, billions of dollars. There are two men's shelters in the United States, despite the fact that the numbers for abuse, violence, rape, etc. are virtually the same. So what this all tells me, Joe, is that we live in a culture that has slowly transformed I think mostly through artificial means, synthetic means, social engineering, etc., that has trained women and men to think of men as disposable, 
as useless, as worthless. This is not something that's necessarily new because throughout history, men have always been the ones that have done the physical hard labor. They've always been the ones that have gone to war. 99 plus percent of all death in war is the male. So I want to know why women that have these extremist female views don't don't express that. You know, they probably celebrate it. But I think the average woman would look at that and think, well, that's, that's pretty bad. That's pretty sad. That's pretty horrific. And I could find numbers that show women experience horrific things that men don't experience. It's not about a contest again. But I am saying that if we're going to talk about culturally and socially, w- women have it worse than men. No, everybody has, it, everybody has an opportunity. It's what you do with that opportunity. And if your opportunity is taken and you become part of some ideological cult that gives you an identity, that tells you what to do, tells you how to act, part of that cultural BDSM, you're not an individual, and you're not even part really of a collective, you're just a member of a cult that tells you what to do and what to think. And then the real men and women recognize, like I think you do, Joe, that true divinity and true independence is when you recognize both the the, the attributes you have and the flaws you have, you find someone as a companion who has a very similar view of that, and you become one. And you grow together. And you grow you together. You become powerful. Yes. And that, and that is, it's, it's not just powerful, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it's be- right? beauty's power to me. It, but see, I say powerful but for, the, for the realization that most people feel powerless. Why do you think there's so many suicides? Why do you think all these women are all pissed off and the, there's a feminist movement and the balance is so out of whack? You know what a feminist is? A woman who can't get laid. Yeah, well, I, I might agree with that. Right? <laughs> I mean, people that that's well, let's be honest. Well, that's Pe- what the incel movement is. People that are sexually comfortable with themselves, right? Regardless of how good you look or whatever, if you're sexually comfortable with your energy, who you are as a person, and a woman is too, then and you both agree, like on, hey, let's have this type of relationship. Even that they may not line up with my, you know, agree or whatever my values. It doesn't matter. They're not hurting anybody. If it's a be- it's a beautiful thing that these two people um, are aligned, that is beautiful. That's powerful, and that's also creative. Exactly. Oh yeah, big time. And that's so we get into the uh, sex magic stuff. We can talk right, about right. that too. So if it's creative, if it builds something, if it if it brings something new like childbirth for example mm-hmm. I, I don't think men could deal with the pain of that in their current state no so if that's the case then how I, I just don't get how anybody could write off a woman's pain in childbirth as being something insignificant and say that you know well men have it better off all the time under all circumstances well I can't raise a child in my womb I don't have a womb right I just don't. I don't get the back and forth, the arguing and the fighting and the and the contest constantly. It's meant to. I think it's meant on some level to allow us to have these open discussions that just kind of draw out the conversation to the point where we don't get anything done. Right. Because it's all about stifling creativity and creation. It's all about and the progress. Yeah. You, what, well, we're not achieving anything because we are conflicted with who we are as people and who we are as a society and who we are as when we come together intimately. So we're conflicted. So what do we do about that then? We need like a we need a serious reality check, man. Like we need to do some self identification first, right? Like this the whole process of magic, meditation, and initiation isn't about just manifesting things all the time. You cannot manifest anything 
that you truly want deep in your soul. If you're not comfortable with those energies, like I know this, I can manifest $30, 20 bucks, a rusty car, whatever. But if I want true light, life and happiness into my life, I have to accept those two energies in myself and come together with someone else that does. I can feel it in you, not just because you're in studio, but even over the phone, over the years we've talked, I can always feel that energy in you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, that's what I believe, you know, like I'm a team guy, but like, I, I don't know, but I also understand the independent thing, but we have a really screwed up view of independence. I think that the, that is pushed by society and the government, and even with the mask and stuff, separate, go into your house, do the right thing because you care about people. Stay the hell away from everybody's society and everything. Don't shake hands ever again. Don't kiss your partner. Wear a mask during sex. Listen, you, y'all can kiss my ass literally because I'm going to kiss whatever, whoever I want if that other person agrees with it, and it's going to be a beautiful thing. See, isn't that kind of what's happened since like the 60s where this demoralization process, which I think has has been admittedly part of the Soviet plan, part of the communist Marxist plan, Part of the demoralization process began, one of one of them at least, because you had this open promotion of sex, right? It's open promotion of drugs, mm-hmm. promiscuity, polyamory. Yeah. And that was promoted and accepted for some time. And then you saw this depravity of sexuality turn into pedophilia in recent years. Yeah. And now we're being told, okay, not only do you not get marriage and can't have partners and all this, and not only... Are we going to legalize literal pedophilia in states like California and in places like Australia? Literally, it's literally legalized if you're within 10 years of age to have sex with a child as a gay man in California now. What the hell? The the Senate of California just legalized that. So you get to that point through the depravity and you just keep sinking and sinking and sinking lower and lower and lower until you get to the point where, like Orwell said, They will eliminate the orgasm. They have people working on it at the moment. And as Huxley wrote, children will no longer be born in a hospital through a mother, through a woman. They will be born in a laboratory. So this whole idea, like even, well, men can have babies with artificial wombs. At the end of the day, nobody's going to have babies if these psychopaths get what they want. (laughs) I don't even know what to say to that, man. It just makes my stomach turn thinking about all of it. But at least do you see that the basics of what I'm saying is that you go from like a I don't know. I don't want to say conservatism or marriage, but you go from this moral standard of family and then you open it up to polyamory and outright, you know, just debauchery. And then it deteriorates to the point of pedophilia and then all of it's taken away. Yeah. Well, I think the moral standard of family to me was it's not something I totally agree with is like the nuclear family. Like, I don't think you should force uh, a family when there's just no way it's going to work or. You're hurting yourself more, the other person or the child. I think you should go and find your real partner and family. But as far as the mother and father and that family aspect, like being in that life equally, right, and respectfully and lovingly, I mean, that should happen. But sometimes it doesn't, and other people have to step in. But we can't even get to that point if we're just going to keep bowing down and taking whatever they tell us to do and literally becoming slaves and submissives to whoever and whatever besides our own energy in the culture of bdsm submissively and willingly binding ourselves to the will of others and submitting to them i'm ryan gable this is the secret teachings joe roop from lighting the void is not only here but he's in studio aren't you joe that's right he's right here in studio the secret teachings.info is the website rdgable at yahoo 
Facebook.com, Facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings. More after this. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info. Here at The Secret Teachings, we're pushing 11 years on air. From powerful interviews to truly unique analysis, we're here for you five nights a week. And now we can also be with you whenever you want to listen. Just subscribe to our archive today and get access to stream and download every show after it airs. Your subscription also includes access on the site to my books, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir, along with my original books that many people have been asking for, The Grand Illusion, The Persistent Illusion, and False Prophets. We are also growing our montage archive, which will be available on the site for subscribers to listen. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info, click on the Donate or Subscribe tab at the top of the page, and become a member today. Even if you aren't a member, though, you can access certain select shows in our free archive and grab a free show released every week on the site. Otherwise, catch us Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, mythology to alchemy, check out Ryan Gable's book, Occult Arcana, with hundreds of beautiful images. If you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic packs made in the entertainment industry, check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. And if you want a practical look at food, lifestyle, and ingredients, even those in your pet food. With free solutions to better health, check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and order yours today. It supports The Secret Teachings, you, and The Fringe FM. We've heard your feedback loud and clear. You called it out, and now we're answering. All new live programming, five nights a week. Always remember, The Fringe FM is for you, the listener. And we appreciate your feedback. Keep the feedback coming. You can email us at talkback at thefringe.fm. Call the station at 501-777-5631. Or send us a message on Facebook at The Fringe FM. You tune into this show at your own risk because it leads to a state of mind, not a perception that will be, but one that is. I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings. The analysis offered on this show is objective, removed from the emotional hysteria of the hive mind collective mob of coercive persuasion, the polar divisions in politics and religion, and those that exist in the paranormal, occult, and even in health. By simple observation and common sense, one may decipher the news speak 
doublespeak, and propaganda of ideological collectives intent on persuading the individual to abandon liberty through coercion and fear. On this show, we will speak to your heart and soul, opening a channel to spirit. And when you tune into this frequency, you are hearing The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on The Fringe FM, with a full archive at thesecretteachings.info. Join me on a journey where getting lost is the only true destination. Where happiness is an illusion. Here, where the past, present, and future all co- coexist on the same timeline. Welcome to a future where our true re- reflection is only revealed once the screen goes dark. Welcome to the darkness. I hope you find it. Enlightening. You are listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM, where you can catch The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable five nights a week after Lighting the Void with Joe Rook. Hi, I'm Kelly McGillis, and I'm here to talk to you about rape. Ladies, look to your left. Now look to your right. Statistics indicate that both of those men will rape you. I'm not going to rape you. I might. Everyone's talking about feminism. People are getting together and they're addressing discrimination. Transgender activists. People speaking out about sexual assault. What I hate about it is that none of it's about us. None of these movements are about us. It's our movement. In some ways, it kind of feels like we're a minority all of a sudden. Do you know what what I think it is? Is when I see men in general, and this is a stereotype, I see a potential for aggressiveness. When I see women, I don't assign the same level of physical aggressiveness. So when a man says something, it can be awkward because I might feel like there's a fear there. When a woman says it, although I do see this as duplicitous, I don't see the same threat. I think women actually don't want equal treatment. They couldn't handle it if they got it. What a lot of women are actually asking for, and you can look aghast at this, is special treatment. Are you saying that there are as many cases of women being violent towards men in a relationship as there there are men? Yes, it's it's, it's long been known. It's it's, it's true across the developed world, and it's true in this country. It's known from, from crime surveys that men suffer violence at the same sort of levels and at the same severity as, as women. And yet the support for men, for male victims of domestic violence, is virtually zero. And again, it's another driver of the high male suicide rate. Is that equal treatment or is that special treatment? I think what women need to realise is that you have to toughen up. We can't ask for equal pay. You have to be paid on performance. You realise that virtually everything that comes out out of radical feminists, you know, they are either conspiracy theories, fantasies, lies, delusions or myths. We need to kill all men. I am sick of being a baby factory that produces more men that will just, in the future, subjugate me. So the only answer to that is to kill male babies and um, just kill any man that you see, like in the street. We want the species to go on, but we want it only to go on with women in it. Why is it we have this enormously powerful feminist movement? and virtually nothing for men. Originally, it was capitalism was the big enemy in the 60s and 70s, and it was the radical feminists in America. They moved the goalposts. They said, no, it's no longer capitalism is the enemy. The enemy is patriarchy, all men. 
and they were desperate for funding and they needed a just cause. It's an enormous industry. I mean, violence against women, they get something like, well, it's a billion and over a year. And an awful lot of that goes on really supposedly rehabilitating men, but essentially punishing them. Every society that survived, survived based on its ability to train its sons to be disposable. Disposable in war as warriors, disposable in work as firefighters, as workers on oil rigs and so on, coal miners, and indirectly therefore disposable as dads. What would you rather be doing? Drilling to the center of the earth, shaking hands with the devil? Every time there's a rumble in the ground, you wait for the whole thing to collapse down on top of you. Would you rather be up in the sunshine, running around with a couple of toddlers that you can send to bed anytime you want on some sort of trumped up charges? But these mothers are bending over at the waist, putting DVDs into DVD players. I don't know how they do it. One thing we can't do is say that hierarchical organization is a consequence of the capitalist patriarchy. It's like, that's patently absurd. Go plane high and go seek. You're living the dream. No time card, no taxes. You're off the grid. They've been taught stupidity, and how they feel is all that matters. The philosophy presumes that group identity is paramount. That's the fundamental philosophy that drove the Soviet Union and Maoist China. And it's the fundamental philosophy of the left-wing activists. It's identity politics. It doesn't matter who you are as an individual. It matters who you are in terms of your group identity. Income inequality is the stupidest issue. Income inequality means nothing. Right? I mean, I'm, I have a lot of income inequality with Bill Gates, but I'm doing pretty well, and I don't care that Bill Gates is doing really well. The only thing we should all care about is that there are poor people. We should figure out how poor people can do better, not how to make Bill Gates less rich. There's this idea that hierarchical structures are a sociological construct of the Western patriarchy, and that is so untrue that it's almost unbelievable. Evidently, you know, just some people didn't get it. It's not okay to slam your wife's head into the cupboard drawers so at the end of the hour, they come to the logical conclusion. They're like, there is no reason to hit a woman. There is no reason to hit a woman. And I was just like, really? I could give you like 17 right off the top of my head. Dude, there's plenty of reasons to hit a woman. You just don't do it. Really? No reason? How about this? You marry a girl, you fall in love, you buy her a house. You go to work every day, paying off the house. You come home one day, she's banging the next door neighbor, hands you divorce papers. You got to move out, sleep on a futon, and still pay for that house that she's going to stay in. No reason. How come you can't ask questions? You can only ask questions about what the guy did. You can never ask about the woman. Why is that? What about men? What about There's this idea that hierarchical structures are a sociological construct of the Western patriarchy. And that is so untrue that it's almost unbelievable. What a lot of women are actually asking for, and you can look aghast at this, is special treatment. The philosophy presumes that group identity is paramount. That's the fundamental philosophy that drove the Soviet Union and Maoist China. I'm Ryan Gable. And this is The Secret Teachings on the Fringe FM. www.thesecretteachings.info is our website. This next hour, commercial free. 
Check out our website, though, to support the show. You can subscribe to the archive there, and you can get a copy of my book on the website. You can look at Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and or The Technological Elixir. If you have any questions, you can also email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. That's r-d-g-a-b-l-e at yahoo.com. Let us know what you think of tonight's broadcast thus far. And you can also share information about other shows or other ideas, something that you would like us to read or talk about or something you'd like us to maybe discuss on air, a personal thing you'd like us to talk about, whatever it might be, rdgable at yahoo.com. Tonight in studio with me, Joe Root, my good friend and fellow radio host of Lighting the Void right here on the Fringe FM, right before the secret teachings, neighbors on radio and neighbors in real life. Right, Joe? Yeah, it's pretty... uh uh, surreal, actually. It's very awesome. It's really cool. It is sur- It is very surreal. I never wake up and think, oh, I'm going to have somebody to talk to in person about something today. Yeah, and, right. And you're right there. You know, you like symbols. I like symbols. Mm-hmm. I consider myself to be more of a scholar on the subject of symbolism, magic, occultism. You're more of what, a practitioner? Yeah, I study it too, but I, I want to experience it more than anything. Uh, so like, yeah, uh, I would consider myself a, ma- a magical practitioner. Practitioner. And you have to be a scholar too, right? Mm-hmm. To, to become a practitioner. I've invested a lot more time in, in scholarly pursuits of that nature and have not done a lot of, uh, ritual ceremony, a lot of practitioner, uh, duties, if you will. But I think of, uh, masculinity and femininity, men and women, sexuality in a very, very simple way. All you need to do is take a blank sheet of paper and draw two lines on it. One is a vertical line. One is a horizontal line. Those two lines are darkness and light, male and female, chaos and order. They are assertiveness and passiveness. Men are more assertive by nature. Women are more receptive by nature. They're more passive by nature. Would you agree with that? Yeah, at its basis form, yes. Okay, so at the basis form where we're going so far, that's the basis Now, when you separate the two, in my view, when you separate the two, you get a schism. You get a a blockage or you get a disruption in energy, and that leads to confusion. I think it leads to mental deterioration, and I think it leads, as a result of that, it can lead to violence. Men have to realize that they have biological needs. Women also have to understand that, too, and women have biological needs, and men need to understand that. The unification of the two sexes leads in part to new life, orgasm, the spark of life, and the creation of something mm-hmm. new, right? Okay, so that's kind of the basis that takes us into a little bit more of the complexities of, of male and female sexuality, etc. This next hour, 45 minutes or so, is commercial-free. And I want to pass the microphone, if you will, to you, Joe. And I know that you have a lot to, to add to this conversation. Co-hosting, I'd like to make you the host now you tell us what we're going to talk about and you take us through your thoughts wow that's really cool you're passing the mic to I'm me on the, the secret mic. teachings oh, i'm wow. passing the mic yeah well i would say like the first thing that i think is the fundamental i, I would say that this is like the fundamental problem with what's going on in society is not identifying the things that are sacred to us this thing this thing that people call sex magic uh, there you know where they just play around with it and they look at sheets of paper and masturbate or whatever and like try to that's a thing uh, yeah and try to manifest a car or something like that this is not 
yeah, of course it works because you're tapping into like natural natural law, but it's not. This is the this is what is fundamentally messing things up, and it's a long story. But if you can actually look at a ripple effect, and understand cause and effect, and see how this has caused so much disruption in our society, why do we go out and earn a living and create homes and places of safety and all this other stuff to find a place that where we feel sacred away from the world, right? And then treat sexuality. And when I say, you know, sacred sexuality, understand that, that this is not just the act of sex, but the physical act of sex is the ultimate symbol, representation and doorway to the higher law of divinity. Right. So it's one thing that does connect us to divinity, to our souls, to understanding there's something bigger and better out there and understanding love. And we've treated it as if I don't know, as if it was just like a quarter machine sometimes. Or we've shamed it as if it was uh, just something god-awful. And we do it to our children, you know. There, there's so many messed up things that we do to each other at, over time. So so in the same way that it's not just sexual in the physical, intimate capacity, right? it's kind of like how male and female energy exists in both men and women, and it's not about if women are more identified as feminine and chaotic that's not a bad thing no that energy is in all of us same same kind of principle right yeah like a, a man well masculine energy is more dominant more decisive more assertive knows what it wants feminine energy is more receptive more you know uh, kind of go with the flow understands the beauty and and creates the beauty of things too right so right it's right it's, it's two energies that we need to accept so instead of like resenting these energies in each other and causing war and chaos and everything, we should accept the energy and be happy about it. Like, don't get mad at a man because he's born with muscles and can actually save your life when you need something lifted off of you or makes you feel protected when he puts his arms around you or whatever. You know, you're being taught that, well, no, I need to go out there and, like, maybe I should take some testosterone and, you know, build my muscles up and uh, make $30,000 a month and whatever. And then maybe I won't feel like I need to be protected. But let me tell you something. When you lay down at night, if you're a woman, you still feel it. And you know you do. You think consciously and subconsciously or both or one or the other? Both for sure. Both. Was it like Bill, what did Bill Burr say? He said a lot of feminists look at look at men and women kind of like a buffet. They're like, I'll take some of that, and I'll take yeah. some of that. Equal pay, I'll take that. But American no, no. women, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Responsibility, I don't want any of that. You keep that, you know. <laughs> you yeah. Th you think yeah. it's American women? I think it's American women, but I also think it's American men that need to be men. I don't care how, how much you're hurting or how much you can accept the feminine energy inside you or just the feminine energy as a whole. If you're going to resent it and turn into like this, uh, how do I say it? little bitch right that's a bad word but that's what it feels like right you the the feminine energy should be able to depend on the masculine energy for safety for reassurance. and if that's not there that that causes a lot of confusion and a lot of people i think that have that confusion might not know why yeah they're confused so they look to ideological groups to feel like they're a part of something to give them a purpose would you say that's an accurate assessment? Yeah, it is. And but they're they're doing this because they don't recognize the pain that's been caused in themselves because their parental figures in their lives did not 
nurture them properly in the proper way, which is classic psychology. This is all a this is all a base of like the government and society using classic psychology and Freudian things and Jungian things too against us and separating things. But anyways, yes, like they need to identify that first. Why do I have this daddy issue or this mommy issue first? Accept it and then grow with it. You know what I mean? How do you do that, though? How do you accept it? Is it just like uh, recognizing you have a problem? Is that the first step? Or Yeah, like, well, I don't know. Do you, you have to, first you have to make, I think you have to make your own decision. Some people may say it's a problem. Other women out there say, well, you know what? I like, I like that kind of uh, man, right? Because I'm, my father didn't give me this or this or that. Instead of obsessing over it and denying it and shaming themselves and being insecure and causing fights and stuff, they should just find a man that offers that to them. Is there a way, this is my personal view and it, it, it produces a question, is there a way to determine the very small, no, not that it matters anyway, but the number of people that legitimately might feel a certain way and other people that have been maybe, let's say, brainwashed or conditioned to think that they are, let's say, as a woman, attracted to a man because he has the opposite of masculine tendencies, because they think that masculinity is toxic, and so they look for someone who isn't toxic yeah does that make sense is there yeah. is, that, is that a real thing but it's also yeah. artificial it's also a real thing that some women have masculine traits more and they accept the masculine oh ma you mean like obama's husband <laughs> right yeah well well Big i'm just Mike. saying like Big there are Mike. women that are born with it not all women are born with you know just super femininity and honestly of course not. i gotta tell you i've dated women that are just super feminine right that they, they just you know, just super feminine. They talk super feminine and like they, they can't stand up for themselves in any kind of way, but get mad when you don't make every decision for them. And I can't stand to be around it. That's high maintenance. Yeah. I cannot stand to be around. But, it. but I think women would probably say, I don't know if anybody is listening, who's a, who's a lady and they'd like to email us to tell us your feelings. I would guess, I would imagine, I'm assuming that a lot of women feel the same way about men as men do about women. When you look at a man a lot of women probably think, you know, that they couldn't deal with a man who's just always hardcore masculine. Most, yeah, like a lot of women can't, but there are women. There are women that can. They can that absolutely need that. Just like there are women, you know, like you're talking about who are purely feminine and there are guys that need that. Mm -hmm. And see, and what happens is instead of accepting ourselves and not holding double standards and not causing fights, just accepting who we are. We get into relationships and try to manipulate people and do certain things based on our own needs and control and manipulate based on our needs, our influences, which is the, the, the messed up part. We let our once we become adults, once you become an adult, I hate to tell you all this. Once you become an adult, you no longer need your mommy and daddy to tell you how to do things. You get to be who you are. But then I have to be responsible that's right. That's scary. You have to be responsible for your own emotions, your own psychology, your own well-being. You have to make your own decisions. You can go to them for advice, but I'm telling you, it's a bad idea. Because when you get to a certain age, these people are the ones that messed you up. But <laughs> they were your heroes, and you still love them. They're your family. But you'll, what you'll find now in society is as kids get older, right, the parents start depending on the kids more. But the kids are going to them for advice, and you're, I'm scratching my head going, there's something wrong with this here. What they need to do is realize that they're both full of shit, right? But just love each other and get each other's back. Make your own decisions as an individual. That's what I'm saying. With the pinnacle. Uh, 
real quick, I don't want to just like keep bouncing around, but when you look at initiation, the whole story of initiation is in the tarot. Before you even get to the big arcanic energies, you have to go through each element and each element has masculine and feminine things that you go through within yourself to balance that energy out, right? And you notice when you get into the arcana section, there's a lot of cards that have this dual male and female, the devil card, the lover's card, you know, you see it in there, right? And we got to accept all that stuff in ourselves first, because that moment of orgasm that you're talking about, that moment of creation, when a star creates something, that is the most divine thing in the universe. And when you experience that with somebody, I don't know how many people, the first time they experience it, especially if they're in love, which they usually are, that's when the damage really happens. I'm just saying. Because of the vulnerability? Because of the vulnerability, because of the surrender to the natural energy and the divinity and the sacredness of it. And whether people admit it or not, no matter what they say and what their influences are, that's when the soul damage happens. And that's when the shit starts. So how do you avoid that? Is there a way to avoid it? Yeah, you have to heal it. You have to heal it by, I think those things happen for a reason, so that we become in contact with our soul, you know, that we actually do our own spiritual work. Well, so, so you said, and I mentioned at the beginning of this segment, you said, you know, spark of life, energy, creation, orgasm. That's kind of a, from what I understand about alchemy, I'm not a practitioner, but in alchemy or the creation of like a homunculus mm-hmm. in, in Greek myth, you need an immense amount of energy, right? Just like with Frankenstein. Yeah. So the creation of that new life, whether it's the stone man of Frankenstein or it's the homunculus and little container or it's the sperm and the egg, you need the spark of life, an immense amount of energy to create that. And when you have that spark of energy, the orgasm, and you have the creation of that new life, that's what's important also in the various forms of alchemy and vice versa. Right. Yeah, exactly. I can even simplify it more if you've seen that movie, The Fifth Element, right? Multipass? Multipass, right? That's my favorite movie. Why is that? You'll notice... Because you like Mila Jovovic. Well, well, maybe. But if you notice, like that, in those movies that carry super truth and the symbolism, always becomes people's favorite like movies, and they don't know why. Yes, yes. Why? Because those symbols speak to the energies that are inside of you. They go around and they make the stones with the elements, fire with fire, water with water, this and that, right? And then when they get in the middle, what are they trying to do? Fire off the ultimate weapon to stop this evil, destructive force? Which is also partly black goo, I think. They show mm-hmm. that in the movie. Right. And here's the thing. They're both trying to tell each other that they love each other, right? The woman is saying to the man, Corbin, Dallas, which you know what that means, right? That, that's like the raven or black star, Corbin Dallas. Is that where you got that name from? That's that's where I, I named my son Corbin that's from that movie. Yeah, yeah. So well, I named my son after the X Files. Did you? Yeah, that's awesome. Fox yeah. Mulder. There you go. That's cool, right? And so she's surrendering. She feels everything, just like the feminine energy does. It bases a lot of it. I don't care how smart the woman is or whatever. But they do a lot of things subconsciously based on emotion. How many times have you ever heard a woman say, "I don't know why I did that. I don't know what I saw in that guy. I don't love you anymore." Things like that because. They, they do everything based off of emotion. I'm not saying all women. The feminine energy. Let's call it that, right? And the man is afraid. If you look at the yin and yang symbol, he has that force and dark thing, but the little white dot 
to saying I love you to the woman is a, by the way, ladies, is a massive deal to a man because it doesn't go away once they commit to it. It never goes away. Never. Society teaches something different, though, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. They, t- they say that men don't love. They use. There's definitely players out there that lie. But when a real man says that he really loves you, that is not a small thing, right? And they want to teach women that it's either a lie or a small thing that's expendable. Or it doesn't exist at all. And they yeah. want to teach men that too. But just like it's not a small thing for a man, it's not a small thing for a woman to surrender to a man. And that's to be the, vulnerable. That's the black dot in the white. That's right. So in that scene, you see her saying, you know, like, I don't want to live on this earth. Why, why should I be here if I see what you do with it, right? Why should I, like, even care? There's all this bad stuff out there. Why? And Corbin can't say it. And she's begging him, tell me why. She wants him to give her that little dot, and she'll just surrender. It's, too, it's a moment of extreme vulnerability for these two energies. The moment he initiates that, which was what a male force does. He, he says, you know what? I'll pass through the fear. You don't have to say it. I'll do it, even though it scares the hell out of him. But it's a massive deal for him. As soon as he does that, she surrenders. Then the kiss happens, right? And then the light goes off, and I mean, we know what happens after that, right? That's what, that's what happiness is. That's what divinity is. That's what we're here for. Surrendering. So happiness is not... And, you know, it's funny, I've actually thought this since I was a kid. Happiness is not ignoring problems. It's not ignoring that your house no. is on fire. It's acknowledging them, perhaps surrendering to them, learning from them, overcoming them, and then you can be truly happy. Otherwise, I just call it delusional happiness. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a delusion for sure. It's like what I told you when we was filming. When we filmed The Rainbow, a lot of people, in my experience, women want the rainbow without the rain. They That's want, right. I remember you saying rain. that. Yeah. They want, they want the pot of gold without the rainbow. And they go, I don't know why marriages don't last longer than this long and that long. And I think about my grandmother and my grandfather and everything that they've been through. And I'm, I'm like, I know why. Because they stuck it out. Which made even the, that made right. the beautiful moments even better. That's why marriage was a contractual obligation anyway, because it made it more difficult once people had committed to each other to just walk away. Yeah, because once you, because it's supposed to be a vulnerable marriage, the ceremony of marriage, the committing to somebody is supposed to be the same statement as saying I love you and the female energy submitting to it. It's supposed to be sacred. What do you think about this? This is a very, very interesting uh, practice that goes back to early, the early days of the United States of America. So this was like 1700s, okay? Mm. Now, in the colonies... It was much, much different than it was in Europe. This was truly the Novus Ordo Seclorum, a new world order. And at that time, men and women would get married, and the, and the concept of marriage and, and the way that it was legally set up in, in, in the, what would become the states, it might sound like a horrific thing, but normally you only hear one side of it, and it might be the male side or the female side. If you got into a marriage and you signed that contract, essentially, it would... If you were to choose to cheat on your wife or to do something else that was a violation of that contract, would obviously discourage you to do those things. But if you did, the man is not so much a provider, uh, a nurturer, let's say, of a child as, as a woman. Would you agree with that? 
a woman is much more nurturing to a child. Sure, absolutely. So that was taken into consideration. And so what they did was if you were a man and you cheated, you violated the contract, your place in the marriage, making money, building a house, et cetera, all that would be taken away from you. If you were a woman, your children would be taken away from you and given to the man. Does that make sense? So basically what the man built and what the woman built and what they need and what they desire, if you broke that contractual obligation, that contract with God, what you need and desire would be taken away and given to the other person. And it's not a great, great or a pretty thing, but at least the idea of it kind of makes sense. Sure, yeah. It does make sense. The energies make sense. The sacredness of it makes sense. I think the dogma of it and the pressure of marriage and everything like that to me doesn't, though. I don't think— I agree with I, you, I think no. what they did with it is they're trying to get people to—it's almost like, well, you know, like when I got my ex-wife uh, pregnant and we had Corbin, I felt a huge responsibility to take care of her, you know. And I even went to my— you know, parents that I was grown at the time, but I still wanted their advice because I couldn't make my own decisions. You know, what should I do? My uncle said, you should marry that girl. Really? Should I do the ceremony and sign the contract and all that? Does that, I mean, we could still take care of the kid and we're happy. What I'm saying is, is we were already married. We didn't need to sign our names to anything. We just knew, you know, you know, it's interesting because on Monday night, I talked a little bit about my personal experiences with this. And I talked about how from the outside looking in, it would look like I got a woman pregnant, didn't take any responsibility, didn't marry her, live by myself. Oh, yeah. And that's it, right? That's what it looks like. And you're doing some radio show and you don't take care of your responsibilities. And, yep, and, and bash, bashing women because I looked at FBI statistics. <laughs> yeah. But in reality, I had asked her to marry me. Actually, I asked her on New Year's Day, like three years ago, to marry me. She said yes. We went to get a house together, moved to another state, started to build this life. And then despite red flags that I should have acknowledged at the time and maybe broken away from it, she admits to, after she becomes pregnant, she admits to lying to me, using me, etc. So that's a much different story than, you know, from what looks like, what it looks like from the outside looking in. Yeah, and the sacredness of whatever you guys had it just why, went out the window. Why didn't you marry her? Well, no, I asked her to marry me. She said yes. Sorry, but then my she, mic keeps bumping. No, it's, it's okay. But she then cheated on me, you know. Mm -hmm. And then she admitted more so to using me to get a child so that she could create a relationship with another guy who didn't want a child. That sounds to me like, uh, and I'm not taking her side, brother. You know this, right? Like, I love you, like family. But that sounds to me like a woman that's extremely... Psychotic. Confused. Confused, yeah. Following her emotions unconsciously, being led by the unconscious, needing something in her life that um, makes her feel safe and secure, and no matter... She can't make her own decisions about it, even though she may be. I'm sure she's intelligent. Like what I do know about her, she's smart. But it's the know? subconscious. But it's definitely the subconscious. It's definitely past things. It's hurts and all this other stuff that we have that we don't deal with and that we don't realize what we're doing when we just when we say those things or do these things to another person. And this is what I'm saying. Fundamentally, when we do this just with each other. We cause ripple effects that go through millennia and generations of kids and things like that, right? When, if 
if there was just a little introspection and if she could make her own decisions, just like you make your own decisions, things like that, and you really have a talk about it and a discussion about it, even if you're not in each other's lives and you go on, you know, and you have different relationships, you would still raise a healthy child. You'd, you would actually have two families or whatever that can talk and discuss and all this other stuff. It would, be, it would almost be a bigger and powerful thing. But we don't do that because when we make mistakes or we get out of our marriage contracts or whatever, we're shamed into hell and our families want us to you know, hurt because of the dogma because nobody understands the energy and the sacredness and the natural law behind it to begin with. It's just the dogma and the laws and the guilt and everything else, which is BS, right? You could have family here, family there whatever as long as everybody agrees and they love each other and everyone understands the male and female energy and people that connect stay together it, ideally it, yeah i mean that's, ideally that's that is like the garden of eden type story to me you know ideally that would be the case um i can tell you i don't know what you'd like to discuss next but i have had a lot of experiences which are just you know, we've talked about them on the phone before. They're just very, very bizarre, mm-hmm. the way that they build up. And maybe that is my... See, there's the thing. I'm I'm aware that it could be purely me, some component of me, Yeah. if I'm getting the similar result. But I can also, you know, objectively acknowledge that some of it's not me. And I think that the part that's not me is kind of more based on what we've been talking about in the first two segments as per, per the social demoralization and the way in which men and women have been separated and even confused about who they themselves are yeah. as those those combinations of energies. Mm-hmm. And, and the experiences I've had are usually very, very, they're weird. It's not that they're, they're bad. It's not about rejection. They're just weird. And I mean, I've shared some of them with you. They're bizarre. I've shared some of them with friends that are women. Bizarre. Some people that I've talked to never have ever heard of anything like I've experienced in, in potential relationships. So maybe that's me. I don't know. Well, these things are happening to you so you can learn. Do, so you can do what you're doing right now to identify yourself and learn to accept who you are, which we all know you do, right? But there are things that are deep inside you that you'll never reveal to the audience. We all, I mean, I'll probably. You could won't, try me. You know, but. Try okay, me. Okay. All right. Something. So let's something. try this. So I, I heard you do your other show on astrology, right? And, you know, I study astrology. Last night? Yeah, yeah, it was last night. Oh, yeah, I just, you were talking about astrology. I briefly touched on it yeah. at the beginning, yeah. And uh, I study astrology, especially traditional astrology, and especially evolutionary astrology. I don't think we are our birth charts, by no means. In fact, that's totally BS. But um, if you believe it, then you are. Uh, here's the thing. Like, right now, we're all going through these energetic cycles, and right now your cycle is trying to show you that you like intensity, Right. You like excitement in your life and intensity, and you have extreme morals, right? And you want somebody uh, to be just as intense as you are. There has to be attraction there, and and it has to be special. And it has to be intense, fiery, special, and it has to mean something. You know what I mean? And it also shows – I keep saying you know what I mean because I'm rambling. But it it also shows that you're an extremely dominant person. And so I think that you're having an issue – just hear me out – Cause I got issues too, bro. I think you're having an issue accepting that part of yourself. Cause there is like a, the dominance part. Yeah. The, well, you're having an issue accepting that part of yourself. Cause you think something's wrong with you. Cause all these crazy things keep happening. If you believe 
inherently, subconsciously, no matter what you consciously say, deep, deep down that something's wrong with you and you're so different than everybody else, then you're going to mirror crazy stuff into your life. But if you really accept who you are, then you're going to manifest the perfect person into your life. Whether you, are, whether you sabotage that or you accept it, that's entirely up to you. But the opportunity is there. That's right. It'll show up. Because the universe actually loves you. Because you're a part of it. It wants you to accept yourself. That's what this whole game is about. Accept yourself. Accept the energy. Create. Yeah, I could say that there's a part of that that's definitely true. And it's on a subconscious level that I can kind of peer into the subconscious consciously and recognize that it's there. You know, it's kind of like looking down at my arm and seeing a rash or something. Yeah, right. That's what, that's what it feels like. Yeah, I got a rash. Oh, well. You know, I somebody feel, I caused feel this fun. rash, right? Like yeah. this, the environment. It's no, it's your rash. I feel okay, but I can see it. So how do I get rid of it? Mm, you heal it. I'm okay accepting those things. I have no issue accepting problems with myself. See, no, I you think, you, you, yeah, you don't at all. You're like perfect for. You're the perfect dude when it comes to. Hey, this is cool. I'm gonna fix it. Like you actually want to do stuff about it. You know, it's cool. I really think though the parts that are not my fault, if there is a fault, I don't really think it's a fault, but. The parts that aren't my quote-unquote fault, I think when they fall on other people are a result of, although I don't need to be with those people, I think it's a result of people that are intimidated for one reason or another. They're immature and they're very insecure. And although that's not their fault per se, would you then say that maybe it's also a male responsibility to make that female person feel more comfortable and that those are not faults that maybe they feel insecure because that might be a natural yeah. reaction to the male energy. Yeah, so right. So we can't as real men go around and complain about why women do the things they do when they're in uncomfort if we're not giving them the safety to feel comforted and to be able to open up. And if you think about all of our relationships as men, when they were in uh, the, the peak times, the woman did open up. The woman felt understood. There were connect, you know, like you were talking about the other night. We had dreams together and this and stuff. The connection and the energy is immaculate because you're actually in that yin yang energy. The second you start blaming, resenting, or get into that devil card energy or that uh, codependence energy, it's destructive. It's destructive. It causes, um, it causes an imbalance. Now, a strong couple will see an imbalance and bring things back to balance, forgive each other, and in fact, that it can even turn into something a really growth to think that's how relationships grow. But what happens is it's just not only do people destroy each other, they take away from the sacredness of it. Then they play into all of these different, uh, you know, government societal things and all of these different narratives we're being told about how it's a patriarchy or it's the feminine or, you know, like you shouldn't be wearing, you know, kissing people with masks on. And it's whatever makes them feel better. You know what I'm saying? It's stupid. You have no place to get away from the world now. You just destroyed it for your own selfish reasons or your own lack or willing to look inside yourself and see your own problems. So that's, well, that's the social component of it is social sabotage. Right. Well, everybody wants a deep, most, look, everybody wants a deep divine connection with a partner. Most people do. Okay, so, so one girl told me one time that... She wanted all that, but that she was afraid of it, which is probably very normal, 
But the one thing that she couldn't get over was that we couldn't even do things as friends. She would always reject that. I know I've told you this, Joe. Always reject that and say that I think you're just trying to have sex with me. And it was just like an obsessive thing. Like I'd ask her to go get something to eat. You don't mean sex, right? And I thought it was a joke the first time she said it, but it was like <laughs> right. I consi- would too, what? consistent, like everything. Well, what if I bring you lunch at work? Well, you don't mean like sex, right? So I don't know. What is that? Well, I'll tell you. Let's be honest with ourselves here. Was she attractive? To me, yes. She became more attractive as I got to know her. Sure. Physically, there's two sides of us, right? There's a physical, animal, carnal, primal side to us, the meat suit. And then there's the divine side and all this other stuff, right? You're aware of both sides, I hope. Certainly. Absolutely. So when men become attracted to women because we have this, the majority of our energy is masculine, right? We have this, uh, we see the woman, we become instantly attracted. I want that. Now, a woman, and I I hate to tell you guys this, but you're going to have to accept it that that's who you are, right? We become physically attractive in the meat suit. But a real balanced spiritual man is, you know, that has a little bit of experience can like back off of that and say, well, I'm going to make sure that I really like this person because I remember the pain I felt when I did do that and it didn't matter to that other person or it hurt me or whatever. So that's why you feel that connection once the more you get to know them. Right. Yeah. So you, so, and, and the cool thing about women is, is like for the most part, let's just say the female energy. Okay. I'm not saying women don't just see dudes and bang them. They definitely do all the time, but it's not natural. It's not natural for the female energy to do that. The female energy, it's a slower process. It's a triggered process. It's a surrendering process, right? That happens. And, and what they all really want is that romantic process. You can, whatever. If you're listening to this and you're like one of those chicks that... Let me tell you something. It doesn't matter. I know what you wanted and something screwed it up. Let me tell you something. 52% of all porn traffic is women. Absolutely. They're dirty as hell. Yeah. Uh, Fifty Shades of Grey was written by a woman. Yeah. But, but, but you have to understand, just because of that doesn't mean it's not romantic. No, it, it doesn't. And it doesn't mean anything at all to me when I say those things. I just, as a guy, don't like being ca- called a dog or that I'm oh, constantly obsessed with women. It's like... If, if any woman ever makes you feel like you're a dog, do me a favor. Go read uh, Forbidden Flowers and My Secret Garden, two books that were written back in the 70s based on women's fantasies. I didn't make it through either book. I had to burn one of them. Is that so, bad? Yeah, so what I'm telling you is, is women are just as dirty, and of I course, promise you, of dirtier than you are. Well, you know, another thing is, in, in my experience, over the years on dirty. radio, <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've, heard, I've, I've heard from listeners, once or twice this has happened, I, I always get really great responses, but I had a woman one time who was furious. I mean, she was furious. I know, you're gonna, I know the answer you're going to have to this. I know, the, I know your response. I wish I could package it and save it, let you respond, and then show you what I thought it would be. But this woman was furious because on the show I said, and this was four years ago, five years ago, I said, of all the women I've been with in a relationship, every single one of them came to me and asked because they had a a certain kind of fantasy Mm -hmm. to fulfill that fantasy, and it was a rape fantasy. (laughs) And this was my experience. I I, I wasn't even into it. But this woman came to me and called me all kinds of names, and she came back on other shows and, you know, criticized me. But she said all these horrible things. 
and told me that it was improper to say that it was it was uh, indecent to say that. And I said, well, that's my experience. All the women I've been with was had it the truth. Rape, yeah, so they've all had rape fantasies. So I and well, what's that supposed to mean? It it just means the women I've been with have all had rape fantasies. In my experience, that's what women wanted. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. All right. Then, uh, I knew you were going to rub your hands. To yeah. This. <laughs> you got my my hands. I'm rubbing my hands back and forth together. Right. So uh, you should investigate this thoroughly. Right. So what I'm saying is, is uh, how do I say this? The the surrender energy that goes back to the caveman era. That's a genetic thing that's inside of female energy. Back when we were first like Neanderthals and all this other stuff. Men didn't like romance and women and bring them flowers and all this other stuff. But you know what they did? They just grabbed them by the nap of the head and took care of business. That's what they did. Some people are going to say grab them by the pussy. Yeah, probably. But you know what? But, you, you can do that if you're rich and powerful. But uh, I would have to, I, I have to believe as we evolve, and that's what we're doing now, we're evolving as humans. All the stuff that's happening in society is evolving spiritually together, trying to figure this out, balance this out. When we were humans then... We weren't evolved, right? So we would just naturally do things and then not know why. Instinctual. Yeah, not know why. But that stuff is still embedded in the energy. It's there the whole way. Um, like when a woman, and I've, already, I've experienced that too, choke me, use me, I'm yours, just use me as a rag doll, Cut that kind me. of thing. Right? Cut me? Cut me, one of them. Yeah, that's a bad one too. Trust me. Hold a knife to my throat. <clears throat> what? You know, like it doesn't feel safe. To a person that's spiritually sound, that likes sacred things, because you do have that feminine energy inside of you, too. And when you feel that a woman is like, use me and as whatever, it doesn't feel right to someone who's balanced on the inside. However, yes, yes. however, it doesn't mean that you won't do it because there is like this, you, there is the primal side of you that will do it. The primal side of masculine energy will definitely do those things. But I got to tell you, from experience, it pokes holes in you. If you are a guy like me who's accepted the feminine side of yourself, the sacredness of it, the love aspect of it, the spiritual side of it, it just doesn't feel right. You I, know? I remember this. Not to me. No, it doesn't feel right to me either. That's that's one of the reasons I've always brought it up because I've always thought it was very strange. But, you know, if you're into it, that's that's a different thing. I don't care. I, I remember this one time, it was right around the time we were hearing all this stuff about Donald Trump, he's grabbing women by the... Okay, well, I can tell you for sure, 100%, as a guy, going to conferences and other places, unlike the rumors about me, Joe, you know the rumors about me, <clears throat> I sit back and I watch women throw themselves at men. And I've watched people that are also famous openly proposition other powerful men for sex. Just openly say, I could name the person's name, but she didn't do anything to me. But she openly asked one of my friends, hey, let's go have sex. There was nothing else. It was just, you're big and powerful. I'm big and powerful. We're two big, powerful people. Come have sex with me. That was a powerful person. All the other women, literally just hordes and hordes and hordes of, I call them new age whores. Hordes. Oh hordes of new age whores that just pour themselves into these conferences to bang a bunch of famous guys. Okay, that's what it really means to grab a woman by the pussy, in my yeah. view. Yeah. And that's my experience. But I remember this time I was hearing all this stuff in the news about that, and I go to a hockey game. It's in Boise, Idaho, and I'm sitting there, and I, uh, I was just waiting for the game to start, and I heard these two women behind me. You know how sounds fade in and out? You change your perception. These women behind me, and they were talking to themselves back and forth, and they had a 
like a, a program for the game mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where you can look at the players and the stats. Yeah. And I'm not joking you. They, I did a show on this afterwards. I just thought, well, that's just kind of unfair for as a guy. People are going to look at me in a certain way because of what the media paints about Trump. But I hear these women behind me saying, oh, I would I'd do him. I'd bang him. I bet, he, <laughs> I, bet, I bet he's got a big dick. Wow. The whole time. And I'm thinking... Why isn't that on the news? Well, because it's it's just society, man. Yeah, but I see. Maybe I'm way too convicted about my passions because that bothers me. It should bother you. Okay, so it should bother me. It should bother you, but those people are not the women you're looking for. No, 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 not at so all. So who cares, right? They're they're not the women you're. But looking see, for. I'm trying to bring balance to the force then, because I want people to know that women do the same things that men are accused of doing. Absolutely, I go read those books I'm telling you about. What were those again? It's uh, My Secret Garden and Forbidden Flowers. Forbidden see flowers. if you can get through the books. Actually, these are women that that admitted their fantasies, uh, but you wouldn't believe what they are. Most of them were rape, uh, anal sex, or uh, being raped by doctors. Doctors were big ones, right? Really? Doctors, uh, cousins, dads, dentists, doctors, anal stuff. I feel like I got to brush my teeth. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was <laughs> really crazy, right? It was yeah. crazy. But all this is is a misunderstanding and a, a total unbalance of understanding something that is sacred that I'm trying to explain about the yin and yang and uh, you know, the, the fifth element thing, yeah. you know, the surrender that moment. I'll give you an example. When I realized this for the first time in my life, when you're with, uh, and I thought I realized it before, but w- like when you're, when you're with, let's say a controlling type woman or a woman that is very powerful and ha- is not e- afraid of her masculinity or whatever, actually uses it, uh, to control things in her life and feel safe and be independent and all that stuff. That's always been attractive to me because I'm that way. I like to be independent in my own ways, right? So those type of women always attracted me. But when I really settled into my masculine energy, when that person, that type of woman, switches into their feminine nature, that's what you can see it. You can see the childlike, and don't take this wrong, but you see the childlike divinity in their eyes when they actually surrender the love of it and everything. It's a very big deal, especially for masculine energy. Uh, It's a huge deal to do that. And women are like, I don't know why you don't open up to me more. Open up to me more. Open up to me more. Because it's not safe emotionally for a man to do so. That's why. I've had an an opposite experience. I've had women tell me, you're you're too open. And I'm sure that's dangerous too. You know what I mean? Like emotionally though. No, that's, that's what I'm saying. You're too emotionally open. I'm the one that tries to get the women to open up. And that's probably why it doesn't work because I'm fulfilling that role. Yeah, exactly. Is that it? It's just unbalanced. It's just unbalanced things. If you, so if you're dating someone and you're working on your spirituality, like you and I, you, instead of like getting mad at them about it or whatever, try to, I don't know, in my opinion, well, getting mad, it works too sometimes, but in my opinion, like teach them about it. But if you date a woman that like identify, can identify that stuff or is aware of herself, introspects the things that she does unconsciously, that, that that's a totally different thing, man. That's very yeah, rare. Yeah, of course, of course. You know? Well, hey, in the last five minutes we have left here, a little under five minutes, what else would you like to add? I mean, I would just like to say, like, I guess this is like a big subject for me that I, that I have really studied. It's in magic. It's literally in creation. When we do magic rituals, we tap into both these energies. It's in the universe. It is one of the most sacred things in the world. And when, instead of fighting each other or or 
you know, shaming each other for how the energies are in each person or the energies themselves. We should just accept them, come together, learn to love, be a little bit more trusting, and learn from our mistakes and not be so resentful and want to combat the other person about it. And uh, so just, be, just hold it as a sacred thing. Okay. Bring, that's it. Okay, so if you have to give advice, what's your advice? For, for One for men, one for women, and that's all we have. Oh, for men, I would say um, study. Like, really, don't don't assume you know everything about women. Like, really study them. Take the time to know them. Uh, take the time to look into this, these energies. Study the occult versions of the energies. And for women, you know, stop thinking that men are just out to take advantage of you because we're all not out here just to take advantage of you. We want something special and sacred, too. Believe it or not. And if when we tell you we love you, there's a high chance we really do. You know? yeah, otherwise, all those things that you hear societally, everything that you see in movies and TV and you hear about a lot of music, music videos, just basically the whole depraved entertainment industry. I'm going to throw this in here at the very end. You know that in 19, 1920s, 1930s, early 1930s, a guy wrote a book called Mein Kampf probably heard of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And in that book, he wrote a lot about his views on society and things like that. And uh, he also spoke out a lot about art and things of that nature because he was an artist. And history has painted him with a very, very dark brush. I don't think he was a great guy, but a little bit more dark than maybe it should have been. And if you go back to understand the psychology of this individual, people always tell you, oh, he hated art. He hated things that were that were that were you know beautiful it's a misconception this person didn't hate art he didn't like degenerative art he didn't like chaotic destructive depraved art in entertainment in terms of plays and music and movies or in pictures and images and pornography that was given to children now i don't care to uh to defend or to uh say anything else about that individual adolf hitler but I think it gives us a better understanding of when you talk about things, when I talk about things historically, we talk about things that are sexual, we talk about whatever the subject might be. There are certain things that, like a family unit, Joe, if you don't have some understanding of the purpose or meaning behind the nuclear family, you don't have to believe in it, or the concept of God, mm -hmm. then you're going to miss out on the structure that will provide you with the guidance for understanding and making connections and living a fulfilling life. Right. Otherwise, you end up with that depraved art and that depraved sense of being, and you be, become miserable, and you remain miserable until you figure it out. Yeah, you have to understand why. Why is it important that you stick it out? Why, what are these energies behind there? Like, why did you make this commitment to this person? Really, understand why it's important, not just because I'm supposed to or I feel guilty. Understand. Because <laughs> I feel guilty. That's yeah, horrible. I mean, like, understand, it, the, the, understand the divine energies behind this. And before you make those decisions, make sure you understand those. Well, everybody knows where they can hear Joe Roop, Lighting the Void. Lighting the Void right before The Secret Teachings, Monday through Friday, right here on The Fringe FM, thefringe.fm, rdgable at yahoo.com if you'd like to support the show, thesecretteachings.info, 
You can buy a book separately, or you get a digital copy. Actually, you get all the digital copies in the archive on the website. When you subscribe to the show archive, it will also give you access to the montage archive, yearly subscriptions, or I think there's a weekly subscription, but that's just more for supporting the show on a consistent basis if you have the means to do that. It supports not just the show, though. It supports the Fringe FM, and it supports you because you get great content like this five nights a week, and that is what keeps us on air Monday through Friday. Joe, thanks for coming downstairs. Thanks for getting on air with us, and thanks for, in a sense, I guess, pouring your heart out, being very sincere and serious. Give and take, baby. That's what it's all about. Yin and yang. Yin and yang. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. That's Joe Roop. Stay safe, stay informed, and we'll talk to you on the next broadcast right here on The Fringe FM. Seriously, if you have any questions or comments, email us rdgable at yahoo.com. That's r-d-g-a-b-l-e at yahoo.com. Or contact us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings.